You know the vibes! Welcome back to another episode of the Hoop Genius Podcast brought to you by NBA 2K24. Myself, Maurizio, alongside the one and only Mr. BJ Armstrong. BJ, we're recording this today on Thanksgiving. No games tonight. So how are you doing, my brother? Well, it's on holiday year. And, you know, Thanksgiving. Giving thanks. And uh, doing well, both. You know, doing well. No... No problems. A little American football here mm. uh, with family and friends. Good food. You know, I would love for you to be here, Mo, to Tell me what's on the table. The tell me what's on the oh, table. I've never Mo, done Thanksgiving can, before. Tell me what's on the table. Mo, it's what's not on the table. Food is on the table. You yeah, have... but, but like, you know, Christmas, you have the turkey, you have this and that. When I see Thanksgiving, you guys do yeah. turkey for both, right? What's the deal? Yes, yes, yes. You, you traditionally you would do a turkey for Thanksgiving, mm. but you have you have everything. Well, it's it's everything's on the table. You know, like they say, all things are on the table. Everything's <laughs> a, hey, 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 Mo, uh, Mo. I promise you this. I will send you a photo. Yes, sir. Of the spread today, Mo. Okay. okay. Uh, my 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 wife. My wife, who is an amazing, she's a, she really is. She's an amazing cook. She put together a spread, Mo. She put together a spread. You you would be well. You already in heaven, but you would it would enhance your experience. <laughs> it would will, enhance well, your experience. Well, I'm, I'm waiting I, on the I'll invitation for next year. I'm waiting for. The I'll send you a photo year. so you could have absolutely you you and you will understand. You will understand. You know what's the meaning behind you know yeah. the holiday? Okay, well it's, well, it's a spread. One a thing, spread. one thing I have to expose you for here is BJ saying I'll send you a photo. I'll send you a photo. No, BJ is going to ask his son to take a photo and send it to Absol- me because uh, yes. he doesn't know how to send pictures. Like, that, that, that's correct. <laughs> However, the photo will get there. Uh, I appreciate <laughs> it. I appreciate it. Will, it will get there. So and uh, yeah, so that's that's what we're doing today. So Thanksgiving is big in America, and the day after Thanksgiving, you have Black Friday, which is where there's massive sales. And I want to tell you guys about the best sale in the world. Um, in fact, this is so good of a sale that the 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 product now costs zero pounds, zero pence, zero dollars, zero cents. Mm. And that is pressing subscribe on this podcast. It's absolutely free. It's not just a Black Friday sale, it's an everyday sale while we bring you this content. So subscribe to the show. Tell a friend to tell a friend. You know, if you guys are listening and you're at your Thanksgiving table, tell them. Tune into the Hoop Genius podcast. Um, BJ, a lot happened in the NBA uh, the night before Thanksgiving. I want to start in San Antonio, where the fans were booing Kawhi Leonard. And then something I've never, ever seen before happen. Kawhi, uh, Greg Popovich, the coach of the Spurs, walks up to the scorer's table, grabs the microphone. You know the microphone where the referees are usually saying, the challenge was unsuccessful. The call has not been overturned. Um, right. He grabs the microphone and says, stop booing. That's not who we are. That's not what we do. Now, for context, Kawhi has been booed every time he's played in San Antonio since he left. And Greg Popovich has had enough. And he said, that's not what we do. That's not who we are. I have some issues with this. Okay. Number one, Kawhi Leonard himself said it's all love. He gets booed at the game, but then when he's walking around the streets, they all show him love. So it's not personal hatred. It's sports. And number two, because I empathize with my fellow media members when they are tasked with interviewing Greg Popovich at the end of a quarter or in halftime, and he 
it's his thing, right? He's super rude to them. He gives them rubbish answers. Da, 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 da. It's his thing. And we get it because he's old and it's funny, right? But, oh, we're not rude people. We don't boo. Then why the hell are you rude to all the media people? That's my question. Well, I, I think at this stage of the game, for us and many in the media as well, you know, Greg Popovich is a super, super thoughtful human being. Yes, he's an all-time great guy. Yeah. And now it's kind of an inside joke. It's an inside joke. And on the outside, it may look like he's rude and all those things, <laughs> but it's an inside joke. And we all get it. And I I get it. If you, if you just saw it for the first time, you'd be like, oh, what's wrong with him? But that's the joke. That is the joke. Everyone knows that Pop. Yeah, yeah. This is I mean, this is he, my point, right? This is my point. Yes. He's a super nice guy, but that's his thing, that he's rude to media reporters, right? And then after the game, he's super nice to them. Same way, what I'm saying is everyone in San Antonio shows love to Kawhi, but when he's at the game, they boo him. And then after the game, they show him love. So what's the difference here? Why is he so upset I, about it? I, 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 that I don't know. I, I, I will say this. I've seen this at the collegiate level where coaches would get on the microphone. And if the crowd may, you know, get a little ruckus or, you know, the, it gets a little out of hand, the coaches will be like, okay, all right, you know, let's, you know, let's take it down a notch or two. I've never seen this in an NBA game. So that was a first for me. Oh, that was a oh, first. So you've never seen players getting booed in an NBA game. No, I've never seen the coach yeah, get on yeah, the microphone. Yeah. yeah, that's why I was so and surprised. Yeah, I've never seen that. I've seen coaches do that at the collegiate level. Oh, really? Yes. I've seen okay. coaches, you know, because it's a different type of crowd at the college level here in the States um, than it is in the pros. But I've never seen a pro coach do that during the course of a game. And... But, you know, there's a first, but I, I, I understand. And the, uh, one of the things which makes this situation unique is we can't forget that Kawhi Leonard, I mean, they won a couple championships there with mm -hmm. Kawhi. And whatever happened, happened for why he left. You know, I, I'm sure everyone will tell, the, tell their side. However, it, it appears to be on the surface that Kawhi, and pop whatever their differences may have been behind closed doors, they've moved on from them, both yeah. of them. So, I think at some point you move on and you appreciate what what happened there. And very rarely will you will you will you play your entire career in one place. Mm -hmm. But let's not forget they won championships there. Let's not forget that Kawhi Leonard was. Well, they won one. Well, they well they won one championship with Kawhi there. Yeah, is that it? I thought he won two there. No, he won one. They went to the finals he's... twice, and they lost to Miami the first year, and then came back and won the second one. Okay, so he's 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 a two time champion. Yeah, and one in Toronto, one in San Antonio. Okay, okay, all right. Um, two time Finals well, MVP as. Yeah, okay, that's where I was getting it. I knew it was, it was two. I thought he won two in San Antonio. However, let's not forget what the the positives he's done. And he's had an amazing career. And let's move on. That was then. I get it when it initially happened. But now it's been years now. Okay, let's let's move on to the next thing. Okay, so here's the next thing. 
the uh, eternal battle between Chris Paul and Scott Foster led to Chris Paul getting ejected from the Warriors-Phoenix game. And after the game, Chris Paul had an interesting quote. He said, it's personal. The league knows. Everybody knows. There's been a meeting. It's just a situation with my son. I'm okay with the ref talking. Just don't use a text to get your point across. Just know I had a meeting with him, my dad, Doc Rivers, Bob Delaney, since the Clippers. So here is what I really can't get my head around. CP3 and Scott Foster have had whatever it is between them. I don't know if it's a coincidence or if it's engineered that whenever Scott Foster is the referee, Chris Paul's team feels like they get done dirty. Um, And they've had this going on since he was with the Clippers, right? So like 2011 onwards. And in this quote, he talks about his son. He said it was something about his son. His son is 14 years old. So if the dispute between Scott Foster and Chris Paul is to do with Chris Paul's son, that means Chris Paul's son was one year old when this whole thing began. What could a one-year-old have possibly done to Scott Foster to make him angry for 14 years? I don't understand what's going on here. You know, Mo, there's a reason I am not like... You know, you 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 are the king of social media. I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Mo, I, I literally don't know. But what I do know, Mo, is it appears to be there's something going on between those two. Yeah. Okay. That's what it from what I can see during the game. I don't know anything other than what I see. This is an unpopular opinion, right? I'm not mad at it because Chris Paul, number one, he tries to bait fouls all the time. Number two, he always complains to the refs. He's like a snitch. Remember that game against the Timberwolves where someone had their jersey untucked and he's screaming, jumping up in front and, d- and down in front of the referees saying he's got his jersey untucked. That's a technical foul. That has never, ever been called ever, ever, ever. But because it's the end of the game, fair play to him knowing the rule book. But man, that's just, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. So the fact that there's a referee out there who goes at Chris Paul, I'm not mad at that. That's all I'm going to say. Allegedly. Well, allegedly goes at Chris Paul. It appears to be something. It appears to be something. However, yeah. You know, I mean, you know this, and I think I may have said it here a time or two. You know, my dad was a referee. So I have great empathy (laughs) towards referees because I grew up in a house. And I knew when, no matter what the scenario was, my, the game meant something to my dad if he got a call wrong or if there was a, you know, he may have made a call and it appeared to be, he always wanted to get it right. So that example has given me the mindset that, you know, to be an official, you know, you, you can't hold grudges. You can't do those things. And I and I saw the human side because I was able to see, you know, how important it was for my dad to get the game right and to 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 regardless of where the game was being played, he always wanted to get that right and give the the young people a fair opportunity. So I just don't want to go down the path to believe that there is something personal going on going on there. However, it appears to be there is some miscommunication. <laughs> Between those two, I can't deny that. And but it, it sometimes your eyes deceive you. That's all I can say. It but it there is something going on there. I I, I can't deny that. 
<laughs> Man, it's, it's crazy everything happening around the league. Well, I will say, because we don't have the full facts of this situation, very serious situation. We don't have the full facts. Uh, some allegations came out about Josh Giddy. Um, I will leave you guys to Google that and do your own research because we don't have all the news. But if these allegations are to be true, you will never hear us talk about that guy again on this show. That's all I will say on that. But anyway, let's move on because Fridays we usually answer questions. Um, so BJ, I got a I got a call from one of my very good friends yesterday. His name is Benji, a uh, big time supporter of the show. He always supports what we do. Um, it's great because he's become a huge NBA fan now. And a lot of that has been through NBA 2K because we used to just play it all the time at his house. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get your copy in the description and play it with your friends over the holiday series. But um, he's now so into basketball, right? A few years ago, he wasn't really into He liked the shoes and whatnot. But now he's so into it. He calls me yesterday and he goes, Mo, I've got a question. But it's like a real question. Because, you know, usually it's just like, where will this guy get traded? Where's this guy going to mm-hmm. sign? But he was like, okay, cool. And it goes back to what we were discussing earlier in the week with lead guards and your example of Shea Gilders Alexander and how he mm-hmm. is bigger than most point guards and he can, a player like Steph Curry, he can back him down into the paint mm-hmm. uh, and shoot over him and then on defense, he can block him, X, Y, Z. He goes, what do you do? Because there's going to be a mismatch somewhere on the court because if mm-hmm. you put a bigger player on Shea, you then have to put your point guard on someone else. Yes. So... I explained to him, this is what the great players do. They create advantages across the court for their team. But I'd like you to dive deeper into that kind of, for some of the newer fans, if you can dive deeper into, that's what makes the great players great. They create an advantage for everyone. Right. You know, we, we, which rightfully we should, we should focus in on a skill set. You'll see a particular player that has, an amazing skill set. And when I say a skill set, the ability to make shots, right? That's a skill. You know, there are shot. So there's three types of shooters. There are players who can create shots. Example, Steph Curry. There are guys who can make open shots. Example, Steph Curry. And then there are players who can create shots. Example, Kevin Durant in today's game. I thought you were going to use Steph for all three. Let's bring, well, let's bring Steph, it down. Like, so, players but, but, that can but, make open shots, they're role players on teams, right? So using Steph well, isn't well, the best example for that. Well, because well, yes. Well, but he that's where it all started for him. Hmm. That's what makes him – Steph is – He's so unique of a player that you really, like, you can't say, like, for instance, in my career, you know, I tried to master the art of making open shots. Like, if I was open, I wanted to shoot 60% and above, right? I tried to shoot 100%, but if if you have a great player, the great player will play against multiple defenders. A great player will play against multiple defenders. Therefore, it's important to have perimeter players that can make open shots. And that's key because when you're a role player like that, you don't get a ton of shots to find your rhythm. No, yeah, I think yeah. it was Peyton Pritchard was talking about this. You're, he might only get four shots in the game. So, and if, if he so, misses the first three, then... It's but over. just because you can make open shots, okay, 
shooters understand this, okay? Steph Curry is a volume shooter who has the ability to make an open shot. Allen Iverson, for instance, was a shot maker. He created shots. Difference. Some players, some players are high volume shooters. And then there's some of us who are high percentage shooters. Okay, what does that mean? If I put Steph Curry, you know, I love these teams where you put, you know, they'll say, we'll put a team together, right? You'll have today's best players, and then you'll see a, a graph, and then they have old players. And yeah, like, yeah, who'll like win 90s the game? versus current days. Yeah, yeah, and then you'll say, who will win? And it's a, it's not a fair comparison because suddenly everyone's role has to change. So now this 30-point, let's just say Steph Curry, a 25-point scorer, Steph Curry suddenly now has to become a high-percentage shooter playing in a game. That's a role he's not familiar with, meaning he's going to get eight shots. He's got to make a minimum of those four. I trust him. I, I'm Maybe it's better to use a different player for this example because I know what you're saying. No, 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 I, no, 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 this is, this, my point being is when we make these comparisons, you can't make the comparison because yeah. that's not the player. Yeah. If I ask Steph Curry, <laughs> his ability and shot making ability is so incredible. You got to get him more than eight shots. That's my point. Yes. If you just said, I'm going to allow him to be a guy who's just, we're going to wait to throw it to him in the corner when he's open because the other guys are getting double teamed. Like, what's the point of him being a great shooter? Steph Kerr, he's a different player. So, however, high percentage shooters understand the importance of you know, being three for three from four game. That's very important or four for four in a game. Okay. You know, his coach, Steve Kerr was one of the highest percentage shooters I've ever played with. He could, he understood the importance of what that meant to go three for three mm -hmm. during the course of a game. Now, that's not to take away anything. It doesn't mean that if Steph Curry was, if, if Steve Kerr had an opportunity to get 20 shots, even if he could generate 20 shots, that doesn't mean that he wouldn't. However, that's an art in and of itself. You know, there were guys who could do like John Paxson, for instance, another guy I played with. He was a very high percentage shooter. Trent Tucker was a guy. And some guys understand that role, right? But then there are other guys who are phenomenal shooters. We just talked about him, I think, a day or two ago. Buddy Hill. Mm-hmm. Buddy Hill is a phenomenal shooter, but he's a high volume shooter. Mm -hmm. So let's get back to the original question, though, right? Okay. How do you Which solve is... this problem? If you're an opposition team and you've got to stop, uh, the, the foundation of the question is when you have players that are big at their position, how do you solve this problem? And the example you used was Shea Gilles Alexander. Shea, Shea to, if, if I remember the original question was, you know, when you have a great player, 
you know, how do you solve playing against them? Is mm-hmm. that is that the yeah? It's 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 mm-hmm. like saying because Shea is going to be bigger and stronger than most of the other point guards he comes up against. If you use your two or your so, three to guard three. him, and you have to stash your point guard elsewhere, that's a mismatch elsewhere as well. So how can teams play against these so, players that create advantages? You know, Shea Shea is a he has an advantage against the other twenty nine teams in the league because of his size. And once you find a player who gives you an advantage, now what you traditionally would do as an executive is you would begin to build around that advantage so that you'll force the other teams into an uncomfortable position. With Shea's size, you can see what they've done there. They're beginning to put other ball handlers around him so that it, when you put this bigger guard on him, the other guards have the ability to play from the low post, below the free throw line. That's a very important thing that you try to have your team where you have two, you have multiple players who have the ability to catch the ball with a live dribble below the free throw line to take advantage of any mismatch that may occur. Because we know we're going to force you to make a decision. Shea is going to force you to make a decision on how you're going to guard him. You're going to double team him or you're going to put a bigger player on him to take away something. That's the one thing with a great player. You can't take away everything, but you can take away something. So most teams during the course of the year, if you watch them play, they'll put their bigger player or bigger, stronger defender on Shea, which creates a mismatch at another position. That is one of the signs of a great player. He has an advantage on the offensive end. However, defensively because of his size that gives them a defense because now when they switch it's normally size on size because if i'm 6-3 and i switch to a 6-6 player that player may feel that they have at my size uh, an advantage and he may try to play with that advantage and take me to the box and post me up which would put our defense at a disadvantage double team and then we're into rotation however when shea switches you arguably, <laughs> there's another player that's just as big. Lou Dort and these guys are the same size. So now they have players who are truly positionless players on both sides of the, of the basketball. So Shea gives you an advantage, and he has an impact on winning now on both sides. And now you can begin to see as they mature as a team, and as their players become more familiar with what they're doing, they're just, in theory, they should get better and better and better. Yeah, I think teams being able to switch on defense is so big in the modern NBA. If you think about those Warriors teams that won the championships, obviously they had the superstars, but when you think about defensively, you have Dremont Green, you have Andre Iguodala, you have Clay Thompson, you had Sean Livingston, you had um, Harrison Barnes at the time. Mm-hmm. You have all these guys in like the six, 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 seven kind of range. Right. So it doesn't matter if you set a screen because they're going to be switched onto a plus defender who's got the size needed. That's why I like the Celtics nowadays, with the exception of whoever they're playing at the center. So pausing or Horford, mm-hmm. the other four guys, Derek White, Drew Holiday, Tatum Brown, they can all switch on whoever. Right. And similarly on the offensive side, all right. four of those guys are capable of handling the basketball, um, incoming, um, 
Jalen Brown jokes about his left you, hand. You, but you, you, you don't. You're you're a little young, but you know to our to our more mature listeners who are listening here. You know there was a Seattle SuperSonics team with Gary Payton at the point guard, and that would be an example defensively of how if I had a player like Shea Alexander, how I would want to. How the team, I the team that got play. to the finals in yes, 96. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, but but Gary was a bigger guard. And his advantage was he could he literally could post up any little guard because of his size. He was about 6'4, six, 6'5, six, but he was big. He had length. And defensively, they they just caused havoc. They were doing the switching thing before we knew what the switching thing was because of the size. Mm-hmm. Right. I think it was him. Maybe it was Hersey Hawkins. Yep. Sean Kemp. Detlef Schrimp. Uh, Detlef Schrimp. I mean, and they had. And they just, yeah. And they had all of these guys who were literally around the same size. That's not and, Irvin Magic Johnson, by the way. That was, yes, it was a different yeah, Irvin Johnson in case yes. you're confused. And they would switch and cause havoc defensively. That would be an example of how I would want to play defensively. You know, Gary was clearly a magnificent defensive player. But with Shea's size, he could create that type of habit. They and, have Sam Perkins um, on that team too. Yes, and they 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 just had a lot of guys who could play on the inside and on the perimeter and from the box, mm-hmm. and that was a great team. And they they went to the finals a year, but they always had a team where they were in the hunt mm-hmm. to win a championship. Yeah, no, that, you just reminded me. I need to holler at GP, get him on the show. Um, I did a little interview with him. We were in Abu Dhabi, uh, little party on a yacht, and that's all we're going to say on that. Great times, but I, I got to get him on the show because we've spoken about it. Every time I see him, we speak about it. So I got to actually make it happen now. <laughs> but yeah, no. Um, so Benji, I hope that answers your question. I think the thing about truly great players, like for example, Jokic, there's no one you can put on him that can stop him because. Right. You know, same with LeBron. There's no one, if you put someone bigger and stronger than LeBron, he's usually quicker than them. If you put someone who can match his speed, he's going to be bigger and stronger. Same with Jokic. You're going to put someone on him and he's just going to pass over the top. Or if it's going to be a big bulky body, he's going to get them into foul trouble. So like even Luka Doncic, right. the great players, this is what separates the good players from the great players. The great players create a mismatch with whoever tries to guard them. And there might be like one or well, two guys around the league that can actually well, do a good job of it. Yes, that is true. However, Mo, the great player creates an advantage for his team. You can you can ha- you can have an advantage as a player. Okay, there are some players who may have an advantage to score individually, but they don't have an advantage for their team. Yeah. Okay. So that we can so we can the difference. Once you create an advantage for your team, it forces your team now, you know, you, you hear players say, I'm going to impose my will. Once a player, like, like for instance, you're beginning to watch LaMelo Ball right now. Understand he has a size advantage over most guards in the league because he's about 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six himself. Yep. But what you're beginning to see him do is he's now understanding how to give his team an advantage with his 
individual matchup advantage. Mm -hmm. You're watching Halliburton begin to step into that space. Mm. And it's and it's an amazing thing because once you learn how to, the best word I probably get is once you learn how to manipulate the game with this advantage, now you go in and out. Sometime you're the decoy. Sometime you will, and then you begin to learn how to catch the ball in what we call an operating area, right? You learn how to get there to draw in the defense to create the offense which is going to create the space for you later in the game where now that 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 defender who is the help defender can't help anymore. So once you learn how to manipulate the game because of your ability, now you suddenly you go into a different space, a different category. And that's the superstar. Okay? And you you know, Shaq understood that for instance, the late Kobe Bryant understood that. LeBron understands that. K- KD, Steph Curry understand, but it's a it's a gradual process because you're learning how to manipulate the actual game. You begin. I mean, the beautiful thing, Mo, I wasn't that player, but I understood the first quarter was just about seeing how they're going to defend screen roll. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's what they're going to do. Oh, this is how they're going to like. We would just run plays just to see what the other team is going to do so that we'll know the correct way to attack them. So you're like, the game is going on and we're going to just like, we're just, we're just passing the ball just to see what you're going to do. Oh, that's what you're going to do off a single double. Oh, that's what you're going to do off the, what's his name? Oh, that's what you're going to do off the, the, off the, you know, screen roll, but you're going to defend this guy. And then after you accumulate all of this information, well, and then you say, okay, it's the second quarter now. Let's attack them. Mm-hmm. So the great players, that's how they're playing the game. They just, they're just they're just accumulating at points of the game information. Sometimes it happens in the first quarter. Sometimes it happens in a half. But then, Mo, once they figure it out, you hear, I love it when the players say, I caught my rhythm. Mm-hmm. That's what they're really saying. Like, oh, oh, okay. That's why you always hear coaches say when we playing against a great player, we got to switch up the coverage. Yeah. And why are they swipping, slipping up the, why are they switching up the coverage? So that this great player can't catch the rhythm of what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Because all the great players, for the most part, they're seeing multiple ways to defend them and defend what they do. And that's what makes these guys special because they're doing this on a consistent basis, regardless of what the defense is doing. Mm-hmm. And that is gems from the point guard guru be down <laughs> appreciate you i won't keep you for any longer man go enjoy your thanksgiving jo- oh, go enjoy your that, is that's it that's that's I, it that's it for i mean we, we can always keep going but i i know your phone be blowing up and i know i know they'll be waiting on you so we'll, okay. we'll give you a short one but we'll be back on monday um with scott perry once again he's gonna be back on the show and uh we'll get it cracking and I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be another great episode of the Hoop Genius Podcast. So make sure well, you subscribe. Thank you. Well, Mo, you'll be getting that photo. Yes, you'll be sir. getting food. I'll have to eat a, a, a little addition just for you. If it's for me, gonna love. it's, it's got to be a lot. you got to have a whole <laughs> other plate. you got to fix me another plate. This one's for Mo. <laughs> I will make sure that you have that. And thank you for the uh, the wishes and thank everyone for listening we really appreciate it and uh, we'll see you on monday right we'll see you on monday monday that's right you know the vibes get buckets